You guys, today's episode is a special one. You guys are going to hear from someone who came in as a client in our academy last year and has become just a dear friend. And over the past year, getting to know her, I have realized that she is one of the most epic leaders in her industry. If you are in the world of direct sales, you are going to want to listen in to this multi-million dollar business leader who's been in the industry for a number of years, number of years. And her level of leadership, her passion to mentor others, her systems and her process that have created legacy wealth, but a freedom lifestyle for her to really live out her days full of joy. You're going to feel her energy and her happiness through the microphone, through your headphones, wherever you are today, you are going to enjoy this episode. Myrna is just a breath of fresh air and inspiration to the industry. And if you are looking for a way to get started with the turnkey business, that really is low risk. It's an industry I started in before I got into coaching. If you're looking for a way to create recurring revenue without so much risk, look no further than listening to an industry expert who's done it, is doing it, and has a business that continues to grow year over year. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Myrna as much as I enjoyed recording it with her. Need some effective tactical advice that actually helps you get results and makes a real difference in your life and business? You've come to the right place. If you're finding yourself here today, it means you're getting ready to gain serious traction in your business, rapidly multiply your income and impact, and you're ready to make it happen while living all out. Guys, I'm Melissa Henault, your trustworthy corporate dropout turned six-figure business burnout turned happy and healthy CEO of a multi-million dollar online business. And you're listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. On this show, we're serving up innovative growth strategies, simple implementation methods to put them into practice, and action-stimulating inspiration tailored specifically for the modern entrepreneur. Let's dive in. All right. And we are live with Miss Myrna Atha. I am so excited to have you on the Burnout to All Out podcast today. I don't know how this didn't happen earlier. <laughs> I know. I think, you know, we're just so busy, you know, doing our thing, working, working. So thank you for having me because I'm, I'm super jazzed to be here. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is going to be so fun, you guys. Before I give you like the formal bio, um, I just want to say that Myrna has just become, she came in as a client inside of our programs, but has become a dear friend and has really become my plus one on multiple (laughs) occasions because I've learned that she loves live events and she loves to travel. And my second home seemingly seems to be Arizona, which is where she lives. So I seem to have had such a pleasurable opportunity to to see you live. And you are the first client I met in person during COVID, right? Like I launched a business during COVID. And went through hundreds of clients in our business and never met any of them. And you were the first client. You picked me up from the airport and I gave you a hug. And I was <laughs> like, this this makes the business real. This is the human connection, right? COVID was crazy, right? Oh my gosh. So weird. So, yeah. So anyway, 
Myrna's amazing. This is why you need to listen in and take notes. She's a former 20-something corporate senior leader to multi-million dollar business leader. Myrna is a seven-figure e-commerce expert and master of leadership development. We're going to get into that in a minute because you don't scale a business that big without being a masterful leader. With nearly three decades of experience incorporating a hands-on approach, Myrna specializes in mentoring motivated women professionals to reach six figures and beyond by leveraging her proven business model and its unlimited potential to earn what they truly deserve. So Myrna, we're so excited to have you here. I want to take you back to the backstory because it is the Burnout to All Out podcast, right? Yes. Um, So we want to take you all the way back to that 20-something eager, you know, climbing the ranks of the corporate ladder, senior leader before you were running the multi-million dollar business that's global today. Talk to me a little bit about the moment that you realized that something had to change. Yeah. Hopefully I won't cry when I tell you this because it's so it's so weird that even all these nearly three decades later, I still get emotional thinking about it. So Ah, at the time I was a regional sales manager for Lady Foot Locker and I'm from Canada, everyone. You might hear an accent somewhere along the line. And I was a star. I was a superstar. I mean, I'm the kid that in school, I wanted all the stars on my page. You know, (laughs) I I wanted to overachieve. I wanted to make people happy. I've always been such a people pleaser, if you will. And I really excelled in my job and I loved it. You know, in your twenties, you, you want to work 70 hours a week. So I did, you know, not so much nowadays, but it was great. It was great. And I had left where I grew up, which was Saskatchewan, Regina, Saskatchewan. I had moved to Alberta and I was going through a, a tough personal situation in that my father had been diagnosed with cancer and he was really young in his fifties. And this kind of carried on for a couple of years. And then finally, we got to a point where the doctors called my sister and I, we, she lived in Alberta as well. And we got on the phone and the doctor said, okay, girls, you need to come. Mm. And we were like, what do you mean we need to come? Like, you need to come. There's nothing more we can do. You know, your father has days, maybe a week, and you need to come be with him. So I called my boss. Her name was Debbie. And I thought we were friends, Melissa. You know, I mean, we worked together for a number of years. She always elevated me. She coached me. I appreciated her so much. And I called her. Uh, She lived in Ontario. And I said, Deb, I need to go. Like, here's what's going on with my father. The doctors have called us. And like, I'm packing my bags. I'm leaving today. And she said to me, do you really think you can afford to go right now with sales where they're at? I, I To this day, I can't believe she said that to me. Wow. And it, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, so, so what sales were a little, a little bit tough. I mean, they were tough everywhere. And I still was a top performer. Like you're actually questioning my decision to go be with my father on his deathbed. Are you freaking kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. And I remember I just, I went silent. I couldn't even speak, you know, when you're about to ball and you're, right. you know, you, you can't breathe, you can't shock. talk. Yeah. Total shock. I just said, okay, goodbye. And I hung up the phone, bawling my eyes out, bawling my eyes out. And I thought to myself in that moment, I'm only as good as my last sales increase. Mm. 
none of this, none of it mattered. Listen, I started with that company when I was 15 and worked my way up. You know, now here I am in my early 20s. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like I, I was just flabbergasted that I would be treated that way and spoken to like that. And I packed my bags and I left and I got back like a week or so later and dad passed and all those things. And that just lit that fire in me that I thought, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. I don't know what there is out there for me. But one thing I know for sure is I need to start looking. I need to say yes. I need to be open-minded and not think that I'm going to climb this corporate ladder and be in retail my whole life, you know, making whatever I was making at the time. So that was, right. Yeah. That that was the moment without a doubt. It was like, all right, girlfriend, you're not as great as you think you are. (laughs) And obviously the, the others feel the same way. You're not as great as you think you are. So I knew I needed to find something to be in control because I could only bet on me. Mm, yeah. Wow. And it it's a really interesting. I, I see this a lot, even my own journey. Fortunately, it wasn't a death in the family, but it's a that disruption in life that makes you question like how and why you're doing everything. Right. And I, I feel like that's the birth of a lot of entrepreneurs of this, like real, like you're, when you're put up against the wall mm-hmm. and you feel like you have no control, um, right. you then say never again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So powerful. Well, so then you started looking at, okay, like, tell me about your thought process, because clearly your decision worked as you started vetting out, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? How am I going to create a life, a freedom lifestyle that you've lived for the number of decades now? So tell us about that research process. And I really want to get into as well. I believe you kind of straddled still working and scaling a business or, and I want to talk about that too, because I think a lot of folks miss that piece of the story. I'm really honest about how it, it takes burning the candle at both ends for a while. It takes giving up things to have a life that you dream of it. You don't just start with, you know, all the self-care and working three hours, three hours a day, right? That comes right. later. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so let's talk about how did you vet out what you still do today? And then we'll get into how, how you manage to scale while still working. So first of all, how did you vet out what you're doing today? Let's go there. Yeah, let's yeah. go there first. I think that is so important. Oh my gosh, because dang it, I made it so- big financial errors before I got here. So let's talk about that. I mean, it took about four years, first of all. And, you know, often what I I see happen to people in the world, Melissa, is that they make decisions based on emotion, not business decisions. Like they don't, you know, they don't do the right vetting. They don't really consider all the things they should consider before making a change. So yeah, it it took about four years. And during that four years, uh, I married Mark, which is the first best decision I've ever made. Yeah. I just read an article really quick about power couples and how when two very powerful and successful people marry, it can create explosive quantum growth and legacy wealth and success. Okay, gang, we need to take a quick hydration break. So grab your drink of choice. And as you rehydrate, I'll give you the lowdown on my free LinkedIn lead gen masterclass starting March 20th. If you feel like you're screaming into the void when you post content on Facebook or Instagram, struggling to find a sustainable and scalable lead generation process that sticks and 
you just want someone who's been there and done that to reveal their secrets, then it's critical that you register to save your spot ASAP. During this live masterclass, you'll get to steal the exact strategy I used to scale my income from $0 to 1 million in just 19 months without spending a fortune on ads or suffering from burnout. Simply check out the show notes of the podcast episode for the link to register for your free spot in the LinkedIn Lead Gen Masterclass. The URL is www.livethefreelife.co forward slash the dash masterclass. And don't worry, even if you miss a couple of days or you can't make it to all the training sessions, we'll deliver the replays directly into your inbox daily so you can watch them on your own time. All you have to do is make sure you sign up for the masterclass pronto before registration ends on Thursday, March 23rd. Yeah. And Mark and I met in retail, but he was always an entrepreneur at heart. Like I, you know, he just, he had that about him. And so that really helped me build my own confidence because he's always been my biggest fan and and mine his, but we, first of all, and I'm not even sure if you know this part of my story, I think you do, but we had saved just shy of a hundred thousand dollars. And we really wanted to buy a Tim Hortons donuts. Now my Canadians will get that franchise. Uh, yeah, it's a franchise. It's like Dunkin's Donuts, right? Okay, got it. Got and we it. wanted to move to um, this place on the island, Vancouver Island, which people know as Victoria. And we had this whole plan. And a family member, you know where this is going, a family member <laughs> and some friends of theirs came to us and they were starting a publishing company, like limited edition artwork publishing. And this guy was, in, was a, a painter an artist. They showed us, you know, books of him with, at the time, the prime minister of Canada and, you know, other famous people, let's call them that he had sold prints to like signed a numbered, you know, artwork prints and all this. And he was getting out of his contract with the publisher he was with and wanted to go on his own. But of course they didn't have any money, you know, starving artists. There's a lot of truth to that. So they came to us because we had this, you know, about a hundred thousand dollars and said, listen, if you invest in us and starting this publishing company, you know, here's the return on your investment we will give you, you know, in a 12 to 18 month time. So we said, sure, here's our money. Oh my gosh, Melissa, we knew nothing about the art industry. I mean, it looked all good on paper, but all we had in our sites was what the extra money would be able to do for us to get closer to buying that franchise, right? So again, we did not consider so many things and I could, you know, speak for six hours about that, but I won't, (laughs) I will just tell you this. We lost it all in less than 12 months. We figured out in about two months that we had made a huge error. Mark was in real estate at the time. We had just started going through a recession in Canada. Well, the worst time you're going to sell some artwork is during a recession and houses. So here we were, I was still, you know, in the regional sales position with Lady Foot Locker and we thought, oh my gosh. So my car was parked three blocks away. The bank was looking for it. I never felt like the, the pressure and the stress was, you know, making me cry going to sleep every night. And we thought, what are we going to do? So when Mark was in a real estate 
position, of course, he was always hit up by some new MLM or direct sales company or whatever, and went to a few meetings and saw a few things. And <laughs> you'll laugh at me, but I remember this one company, it was called Jewelway back in the day, and they sold jewelry. And, you know, of course, what girl doesn't like some jewelry, right? Right. right. But, but I couldn't understand how this business model was actually going to work, like, because you can only wear so much jewelry and buy and sell so much jewelry. But it was so funny, my, my infinite thinking back then. But we ran an ad in the Globe and Mail newspaper, which is like USA Today, goes from coast to coast. And it was just three little lines that said, I'm an aggressive entrepreneur looking for business ideas. And I will tell you, that was not my idea to run the ad. It was Mark's smartest thing he ever did because we received over 300 responses. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we went to work, you know, because again, we wanted to make an educated business decision after what we had just done to ourselves. Right. And we just thought, man, if we could find something that we could start that didn't cost us a bunch of money mm-hmm. that had upside potential, and we could even earn, you know, a few hundred, maybe a thousand dollars a month, that would alleviate the financial stress we were in because we were paying like minimum balances on everything, doing our best to not declare personal bankruptcy. We didn't want to do that because it follows you for seven years. And we thought, you know, if we can somehow dig out of this hole we find ourselves in. So we went to work, 300 plus companies. And boy, did we learn some lessons. We put together what I like to call our wish list. And it was like every company we would take and we'd take it through the list. Okay, doesn't have this, doesn't have this. Oh, doesn't have that. All right, gone. And so through several weeks and elimination, we made the decision and of course, we've never looked back. But, you know, a couple of times I was like, I think we should do this. Mark was like, yeah, but Vernon, it's missing this. You know, I, he didn't let me go down those paths because, you know, shiny object syndrome. Is, right? <laughs> he kept me on the straight and narrow and dang it, here we are. You know, I mean, it's, I shake my head, but we've literally designed their life on purpose and brought hundreds of people with us, which is, you know, the ultimate. Oh my gosh. So good. I love the strategy that you took. And I, I would love if you, you can take a minute to just talk us through, you know, I know it's been 20 or 30 years, but it's like, if you can think through what were those key factors that you were looking at to make your determination in business and in, in where you were going next, because I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's a lot of opportunity, you know, to start a business, but there's also a lot of opportunity to invest. I get hit up all the time to invest. Right. Yes. And when you're not an expert in the thing that you're being asked to invest in, and it's your last $50,000 or last hundred thousand dollars, right. You have to be okay with it. Maybe not working out. Right. And so share with me a little bit about maybe kind of the pre-qualifiers that you were looking for when you looked for the business that you partnered with. Sure. Sounds good. Well, one of the things that we were looking for, and we're seeing it more today with the way the world is in manufacturing, but we were looking for somebody that manufactured whatever they were manufacturing here in the United States of America and Canadians you know, we all know that the majority of our goods do not come from Canada. So you know, don't get crazy on me here from the US. Okay. Just a little border there and direct to the consumer. So, you know, we were really ahead of the game back then because, you know, nowadays, I mean, think about Tesla, you know, direct to the consumer. Think about actually Michael Dell was one of the guys that started it with computers because, you know, think of all the computer companies that are no longer in business. 
Yes. Right. Yes. You know, you don't go to Best Buy anymore typically and go buy a computer. You know, you go online, you buy it direct to Michael Dell from Dell Computers, started direct consumer computers where you would, he would keep, you know, certain components to a computer, obviously they'd have in stock, but then you could customize your computer. You'd pay for it up front and then they would ship it to your front door. Mm-hmm. So we knew, we thought, man, that's a wave of the future for a lot of things. So that was number one, manufacturing here and direct to the consumer. So no middlemen. Another one was that the company had a track record. You know, I'm not so arrogant to think that if I come along, I could save a company. <laughs> I want to follow something that's got a proven track record of growth. And with that also, I would say like a strong management team. You know, who's running the company? Did they just come from something and they have some idea they're starting and, you know, they want your money? Like, once again, like, Melissa, you're right. I mean, I can tell you, like, a monthly, there's a handful of people and companies that come to us wanting us to invest in their whatever it is. Right. And, man, you know, it'd be really easy to lose some more money. So who's running the company? And really digging down. And nowadays, you can really search people out. I mean, I do all the time. You know, I go online to find out what are they about? What's their background? What's going on? So that's it as well. Highly consumable products. Mm -hmm. So I realized that to, to create a repeat income, you've got to have something that's consumable. So, you know, when Mark sold a house, you know, we got that taste of, man, you can make a lot of money selling houses. Problem was it was few and far in between. Feast and famine, right? Feast and famine. Oh my gosh. You're still actually trading time for money. You totally are. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, people call you like when you're out for dinner on a Saturday night at eight o'clock and they want to go see a house. So you don't. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So consumable in that things that people use up and need to repurchase every day, every week, every month. I mean, think about Procter & Gamble. Their stocks go up year after year after year. What do they sell? Toothpaste, laundry detergent, you know, those kinds of things. Bathroom cleaner, Um, good times and bad. You got to clean your bathroom. You got to wash your clothes. And, you know, maybe even more so if you're going out on job interviews. So consumable is really important as well. I'll also say perfect market timing. Now, you might think I'm contradicting myself with saying consumables and in the market's timing, but let's think about, oh, well, you mentioned COVID. I mean, we've learned so much about our gut health during COVID, right? Mm. We've learned about inflammation. We've learned about using chemicals in our home to make sure that we can kill that dang COVID, right? Yeah. So timing in that products that are in need today, mm. Mm. or that are evolving because Mm. science is changing. So that's what I mean when I say perfect market timing. As far as consumables, there's always perfect market timing because everybody's got to use the kinds of things that we have. Right. With that, the other thing is disruptive business model. Mm. So, you know, something that's changing the status quo and again, direct to consumer, you know, vertical integration, being in control of all those things. Mm. I would say also compensation. I think that, you know, I mentioned earlier that a lot of people make decisions based on emotion. I would say to our audience that before you do anything, understand the compensation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most don't like they think, Oh my gosh, you know, if it's a direct sales company, you know, I love, I love weight loss products. I had great success. So they joined some weight loss company thinking that they're going to be able to have a great sideline business but they don't understand how they're compensated and that maybe that it doesn't have 
the potential that they're really looking for, for them to work yes. part-time. And that's, you nailed that talking about that because I want a business that, and the majority of everybody I work with is part-time. It's something they do on the side to alleviate some financial woes, or they want to create that repeat income that they don't have in their current occupation or profession. So it's got to be something that they really can put five or 10 hours a week in and have some results with. Right. So, you know, I love when I talk to people in, in direct sales or multi-level marketing and I say, well, take me through your compensation plan. Do you know, in all these years, I've never had one person be able to do it with me. I am not surprised at all. Yeah. So yeah. again, if you don't understand what you're working towards. Like I, I listened to your podcast the other day about your reverse engineering. Cause I totally, I did that with our business too. And I love doing that. So if you can't explain it, if you don't know where you're going and where your numbers are, how are you ever going to get there? Oh my gosh. So dead on. It's funny, Myrna. You may not know this, but I just interviewed Danae before this, who's my CFO. And we just talked about this. Yes. And I think it's just as applicable in direct sales as it is any online entrepreneur Yes, that you have to understand your comp plan. And you know, I'm a huge advocate of direct sales. The industry is what retired me from corporate and will right. allow the passive income that I could start up another business yes. and not have to trade time for money and that recurring income still come in. But I think you really hit the nail on the head. And th- the scary thing is it's not even just people in direct sales who don't understand their comp plans. And this is not to throw any of my clients under the bus, but I found it really interesting in all my onboarding calls with a lot of my mastermind members that these are people who are entrepreneurs and small businesses who don't know their numbers from last year and are just guessing at a number for this coming year and haven't really thought about how to price or package or plan this revenue coming in. And that's why they joined the mastermind, right? We're going to help them with all of that. But it blows my mind how many people say they're in business, whether it's Mm -hmm. direct sales or small business, but have zero understanding of how the cash comes in. And like, how do you have a financial plan or goals when you don't know where you're headed or how to track it, you know? Yes. And you know what? It's important. And you've done a masterful job with this as well, Melissa, is having people around you. If that's not your, you know, your, your deal, like you're not great at that, then find someone that is and have them help you. Totally. I was the numbers girl in our, in our company. And I was always sourced to cover the comp plan. Right. But that's probably why I was successful because I was able to tell other people about the comp plan. Right. It's like, if you're going to be a business owner, know your stuff. Right. Because if someone joins you, I mean, I look at it like, man, if someone joins my team, they're making a serious decision and they need to be able to count on me to lead them. (laughs) Yes, totally. I need to know my stuff. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so you know what? And that's, let, let's end on that note because it's fair and equitable compensation. And then it's know your support team in the community. Like, are they really going to show up and support you? Cause you and I both know that's the other thing, right? Like, I mean, I knew, you know, when we got started, we had someone that said, listen, I'm available to you 24 seven. All I ask you to be is coachable And let's talk about your why. And we can talk about that because he needed to know what was going to drive us. Mm -hmm. And you bet he was there every time we needed him. I mean, it was like every day when we first got started and I'm accessible like that. So are they really, do they see that sparkle in your eye? Do they really want to help you? Or are they lying and be just going, oh, well, I've done it. You know, here's the manual. I mean, right, right. Get it, right? Right. You need someone to be running alongside you and show you the way. 
Yes. In a minute, I'd love to, we'll, we'll come back to this because I'd love to kind of dive under the hood of like systems and process in your business. Because again, you don't get to the level of success that you're at without incredible leadership and systems and process, right? For mm-hmm. duplicate uh, duplication in, in your business. But let's talk about straddling, scaling your business. Talk about the beginning months, maybe the first year or two of scaling this business while still working full-time. Like what did it take to, you know, work full-time and ultimately scale a multi-million dollar business that allowed you to retire? Like it sounds like a fairy dream, a fairy tale story, but let's (laughs) talk about the thick of it. Well, you know, it goes back to the why. And the first why was to get my car back in the driveway. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Let's be honest. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you, we could talk more about the why, um, but you've got to have something that's driving you. You've got to have something that, we didn't watch any TV for the first year. I will tell you that. Like yeah. there was like, there was no TV. We might Same as well here. just cancel cable. Exactly. And because work life was also super busy, I'm telling you, every hour was scheduled. So it's like, if we could do something before work, we did. If we could, I mean, again, after done by five, then, you know, in a meeting by 536, other presentations where we could have a group together in the evenings. I mean, we, it was grit, girl. It was like full on reverse engineering. Okay. We thought, okay, what do we need to do to get to $2,000 a month? And so we reverse engineered understanding the compensation plan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How many calls a day, how many appointments a day, how, how many group presentations where we could leverage our time. I mean, we literally reverse engineered that. And so we, we achieved that in our first three months. And then we're like, okay, well now we want to get to 5,000 a month. We did that within the first six months. So we literally were setting monthly, weekly, daily goals. And we didn't go to bed till we got it done. I mean, there's a lot of late nights. Yes. Oh my gosh. I used to talk about that, like burning the midnight oil for a short period of time where I had to make choices between actually going to the gym or putting in the hours for my business. I knew it was for a finite period of time. And I probably gained about 10 pounds that year where I was straddling both and knew where I was headed though. But I knew that I knew that I knew that once I got to the other side, I could work out whenever I wanted to. Right. Right. But it's like, you have to be willing. Yeah. He quit, he quit hockey, which, you know, you know, that's his passion. He's on the ice, you know, still today at 56, you know, four or five days a week, he stopped playing hockey and all his friends made fun of him. Mm. Oh, Mark, you know, he's doing that thing or whatever. And then he always jokes and says he recently bought the team, but look at me now. Um, Right. Yeah. I mean, bought the building. Yeah. Yeah. We did have friends make fun of us. We did. They're like, Oh, Mark and Myrna, they're such dreamers. Now they're like, Oh, Mark and Myrna, we always knew they'd be successful. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, you weren't saying that when we got started. (laughs) Right. Right. Now they're wishing they joined you 10 years ago. So good. Okay. So let's talk about what it takes to be an industry global leader this day and age in direct sales? What does it take to be a successful leader? And I want to kick this off by saying, I read the 21 Laws of Leadership back in my direct sales days. And one of the things that he talked about that really rang true to me that I I really, this is what I think about when I think about really, really big top leaders like you in direct sales is he said that there's two categories of leaders in the world who are the most influential leaders that you like the top leaders in these areas, like go study them. And he said, it's, it's leaders in religion and it's leaders in direct sales. And he said, the reason is because these are two categories of people where people 
willingly choose to come to you and be led by you. No one's forcing them to. They're not an employee to someone else. It is literally your influence and your impact on other people that draw them to you. And so I just want to edify that about you and being a top leader in your industry is it is a massive skill set to influence people who do or don't have to do this. It's kind of a hobby, not a hobby. It's they've got a whole career around them and they're trying to make this thing happen. Like, how do you get someone's attention and tenacity and focus to live out their dreams in your industry? So I'll just turn it over to you. Gosh, that's that's such a great question. I think that for me, I'm in the game. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I mean, that kind of summarizes it, but I'm in the game. I'm with them. I do what I say I'm going to do. You know, I I don't mentor from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. I mentor from getting in the trenches. And, And again, I see so many people once they reach a certain status or whatever we want to call it, that they're like, they, they don't really want to do that work anymore. Mm. So I'm super approachable. I'm really authentic. I love good conversation. That's something you and I love together. It's like, I love like peeling that back the layers. Yep. I feel as though I can always learn and grow. And that's the reason why you and I have partnered over this, this mm. last year. I, I knew I wanted to learn and grow. I thought that it was going to be, you know, through LinkedIn and it is, and it is, and and you've mentored me and led me through that. It's been such a blessing, Melissa. So I think that people continually want to be a part of what we're doing and join, you know, our team, because honestly, people know when you're genuine, they can feel that. And I think that that has always been in my favor. I'm a servant leader. I mean, I, I love to run hard. I love to play hard, but I do what I say I'm going to do, you know, I will never, if I say I'm going to show up somewhere, I, I, dang it, I'm there. Right. I, right. I never make excuses. And people want to follow a leader that they want to do that too. It's like, I want to be that person. They're looking for that. So think about that in religion or direct sales. They want to learn. They want someone that sees something in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So does totally. that answer the question? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love what you're saying about being present and being in the trenches and really like serving your team. And I'm sure you match the energy of like the effort, yes. right? Percent. It's kind of like a chess game. You move, I move, you move, yep. I move. I, I, in the past, I've pushed a lot of strings and ropes. And yeah. Because How many people do you have in your organization? Oh gosh, like 11,000. Yeah. So it's like, how you got to pick and choose, right? Like I'm sure there's some kind of validating process of who's going to get your energy and who you're going to run with based off of matching that energy. Well, so let's talk about organization and duplication, because I think that's leadership. One big piece is like leadership and showing the way. And also, I think you set the example for the rest of the leaders on your team, but it's not enough to be successful in direct sales. I think systems and organization and duplication are key. Can you speak a little bit to that and the simplicity of how you do that in your business? Sure. Well, you know what? We've always invested back into our business. And that's the other thing that sometimes I don't see people doing. And that is huge. You know, you have to take a look. I mean, can you imagine like if I actually answered every phone call that came in or every email or every text or every, I mean, Lordy, I would hate my life. (laughs) 
I mean, it'd be horrible, right? So, I mean, early on, we figured out that we needed to have systems in place that your mother could have success with us. You know, it's got to be bulletproof, if you will. So we do, well, again, nowadays in 2023, because of course, things have changed a lot over the years. But, you know, every single day we have live Zooms. And Mark and I have vetted people on our team that are as good, if not better than we are at sharing our overview so that they can take a look at what we really do and whether or not it's a fit for people. So we have that every single day. Every single week, we have an event on Zoom as well that our team globally can plug into. And they know that Mark and I are going to be there every single week. Like that is just something that we've committed to over all these years. And we've done it. It wasn't on Zoom. It wasn't so fancy before Zoom, but we had WebEx before that. Before that, we had conference calling. I mean, you name it. We've just always done that to keep some cohesiveness amongst our leaders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have hundreds of people on that with us, you know, every single week, but they know that if they want to see Mark and Myrna and be able to reach out, that's where we're going to be. And and quite honestly, Melissa, if people are not plugged into that event and I tell them that, like, so I use words like, you know, my most successful business partners are always with us on Mondays at seven, no matter what. So hint, 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 hint. Right, right. Right. If you want to be one of my most successful business partners, you're probably going to be there with me on Monday nights, right? Right. So we've done that. We've created great lines of communication because that's the other thing, you know, in a leading an organization like yourself, you know, that the message doesn't always get passed down. Right, right. So, you know, we're actually right now, my assistant who's worked with me, would you believe for 27 years, same assistant for 27 years, um, she's learning a new email program, thanks to Miss Jackie, um, and some other things as we're continuing to build our our email list, our private Facebook pages, Uh, we have product, I mean, girl, you could not possibly want or need more support than we've put in place. So we've invested, you know, monetarily as well as our time into systems that everybody can win at. But again, we're leading from the front. Mm, Yes. Yes. You're doing the do, you know, it makes me think, and I've got one more question around this. I know we're getting close to the end, but it makes me think, I think back to my days in in direct sales and you're talking about, you know, what are you investing in to grow and learn yourself? And obviously I've always lived in a place of investing in mentorship and getting that support. And I remember for me personally, kind of the turning point to launching my own business. We're going to talk about that in a minute is I remember looking up to my mentor and asking her, well, who mentors you? And she said, nobody, I am the mentor. Like I'm in, like I seek no mentorship from anyone else. And it was a point in my career in the industry where I'd outgrown my leaders and there was nowhere for me to go for growth or support for where I saw that we could go. And I had to seek mentorship and investment in other experts. But I think that that's where a leader can start to shrivel up and die not to be dramatic, but when you think that you've learned everything you need to learn. And that's what I love about you and probably not probably absolutely why you're so successful is because you're continuing to learn. You're Mm -hmm. continuing to try new things. You are setting the example for your team. I'm trying new technology. I'm trying this new email sequence. Like, you know, you're, you're out there learning the ropes of the progression of the industry, Mm -hmm. which actually brings me to 
my final question. And that is why direct sales today? You and I've had this conversation. You know, there's a lot of, I think there's more competition in the online business space than ever before. You know, when I launched my direct sales business, there wasn't a lot of awareness or understanding of people launching their own coaching business virtually, launching their own. It was really, really started to happen during COVID, right? That great resignation and people prior to COVID, I feel like people just, there was a heavier gravitation towards direct sales as an opportunity for an additional income stream. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and everybody decided everybody wanted to launch a business from home online. And I think that it's been interesting. People are learning that it's a little harder than it sounds and it can be really expensive. But let's, I would love your two cents on why direct sales today in this Mm -hmm. given market landscape in 2023. It's interesting because again, here, you know, Mark and I got started in 1994 and we were going through a recession. He was a realtor. The banks were taking houses back. Mortgage rates were high. I mean, does that sound familiar? (laughs) Right. So it's interesting. I mean, when we experience times like now, times like in 2008, our business goes crazy town. I mean, we've actually grown every single year for 28 years, which is pretty phenomenal, but it goes really crazy town. And so, you know, when you think of inflation, recession, you know, by the way, it's, I think media is really funny. I think we've learned a lot about the media yes. here as well, but uh, recession is defined as two quarters of negative growth. Mm-hmm. which we don't have the last quarter, the last month's growth yet, but we we had that, we had it back to back. So that tells us we're in a recession. Now you're not hearing that a lot in the media because they don't want us to think we are, but <laughs> here's the truth, right? Yep. And you know, it's kind of like what you and I started talking about that the things that people need to consider mm-hmm. in making a change, whatnot, considering, you know, those things. And there's probably a couple others I didn't say off the top of my head, but knowing that, And then realizing you are your best investment, I guess is what I want to say, because I know I could have went and worked for other companies, who knows how many over the course of the last, you know, nearly three decades. And Mm -hmm. I could have made a good living. I could have been a superstar wherever I wanted to go because that's Mm -hmm. my, my nature, but it would never, I think lasted three decades. You know, people say to me all the time, why are you still so excited when you jump out of bed in the morning? Because I have new business partners joining me all the time and and I want them to get the best version of me. Mm. So I think it's amazing timing because of everything that's going on in the world. And you can, you know, be the ostrich and put your head in the sand, or you can be proactive. You can go, you know what? I don't hate, maybe don't hate what you do. Maybe you're, you're comfortable, which is. A very There's a lot of miserably comfortable people too, who's just who've just yeah. decided that this is life, right? Yeah, they're, they're, okay they're, lying on, they're the dog lying on the rusty nail. You know, they're moaning yes. and groaning, right? But they're not. It doesn't hurt bad enough for them to get up, right? And right. to get up and start looking and just say yes. So, I mean, it, the, the timing is amazing mm-hmm. because people are looking for exactly what I have. Yes. Well, and I think I would add to this, and I know you and I have talked about this and and I know I've already spoken about it a minute ago, but I think that one of the things I truly love about this industry is how low risk it is and how it gives you kind of training wheels to learn how to run a business without so much risk. You know, I see, I saw 
lots of people in my sphere of, of professional world, like just mass exit corporate and say, I'm going to launch a business and X, Y, Z, that's really high risk. And had they invested in collaborating, partnering, and being mentored by someone like you around their nine to five and created some passive income for themselves before launching off, like people always ask me, how were you able to go from zero to a million dollars in 19 months in your business? And it was like, well, because I had another one that was recurring income that paid my bills and every penny that I made in the business I was launching, I was able to put back into that business for a year. And so these folks who are just going straight from nine to five to I'm going to start a business and they haven't thought about the cost of getting a business up and running um, and the risk. And, you know, it's to me, it's a no brainer that if you want to be an entrepreneur and it's a brand new space to you, you need to start with a direct sales company and learn the ropes. I also yeah. learn more about marketing by being in direct sales. Like I never would have, I would never be where I am today had I not learned how to market a brand and products like through the internet in indirect sales. So I'm I'm a huge advocate of it. I, I also think Amirna and I've talked about this. I think that having the recurring income from a, a direct sales company also creates a steady stream of income for all of you listening who are coaches, you're service-based, you're getting cash injections as you're earning, you know, new contracts. And, and my business is the same way, right? Like we'll have a launch, we'll have a windfall of cash, but then we don't for the next two months till we do another one, right? So there's a lot of risk and there's still trading time for money. So right. how can you sleep better at night? By building a nice recurring income stream, even if it's like like one to five thousand dollars a month for most of the people listening, yes, that would be a game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Game changer, totally. And that's why you know you're right. Like people in the service industries, sales, coaches, real estate, mortgage, all those people, they crush it in my business. Yeah, absolutely crush it. I love working with them too, and especially coaches because it's kind of like I teach them how to coach what we coach, right? Yeah. So it really helps develop their own skill set and helps them become more successful in that place that they have such passion for. If you can grow and lead a team in direct sales, you can grow and scale a business anywhere. 100%. Yeah. So good. Okay. So let me ask you this, Myrna, this has been so fun. Where can people find you and connect with you after hearing your incredible story and learn more about how they could potentially work with you? Awesome. Well, first of all, don't be afraid to call me. Don't be afraid to reach out. Like I said, I am super approachable. I love conversation. Who knows? If if nothing else, we're going to become friends. So it's all good. Okay. You know, honestly, the best place to find me is LinkedIn without a Mm -hmm. doubt. Um, Yes, I'm on Facebook. Yes, I'm on Instagram. You can find me and message me there as well. But I'm on LinkedIn every single day. So that's a great place to find me. And again, you know, don't be shy. Reach out. Let's meet. And uh, let's go from there. Awesome. I love it. I can attest Myrna is an amazing human and good for a good chat, right? Last question. What are you reading right now? Or and or what book? Doesn't have to be now. If there's like a book that's just, you look back in time and it's just a book that was a pivotal moment for you in your development, what would you recommend? You know what? It's so funny. It's so easy for me to answer that. It's actually two Seth Godin's, Godin's books. Um, I love the one, uh, well, start with why I talked about why earlier, start with why. And I learned to 
always do that with anybody I bring on my team. Like I said, so that makes, I can always remind them of when they have a crappy day. Remember why you're doing this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is purple cow. Have you read that purple? No. Cow? Okay. No. Well, you are a purple cow and that is a compliment. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. Okay. It's like the unicorn, right? It's like, you know, it's, it's amazing. And it's transform your business by being remarkable. Mm. You're remarkable. So you are a purple cow. It really is a compliment. Go and listen or or read that book. I read that years ago and I thought, oh, I am not going to be average. I am going to be remarkable. Yes. And be a purple cow. Yeah. Change the direction of how I approach things. My gosh. Well, this has been so good. Thank you so much for taking time to make it to the podcast today. Awesome. Thanks guys so much for listening in on today's podcast episode. I can't wait for you to see my upcoming guest in the next episode. You are going to love this keynote speaker. Hey, here's the deal. If you liked this, please subscribe and leave a review. And you want the latest online business growth strategies and exclusive LinkedIn pro tips sent straight to your phone? Text the word UPDATES to one 310 7171. Again, text the word updates to 1833-310-7171. Can't wait to see you guys. Come find me over on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you like to hang. I uh, cannot wait to hear how you are enjoying and applying what you're learning. You guys reach out to me over on social because I love hearing what's resonating with you. When you reach out to me and you send me those personal DMs, they really do impact the content I continue to bring forward to you. So again, come find me, Melissa underscore Hinault over on Instagram, Melissa Hinault over on LinkedIn and Facebook. Can't wait to see you guys over there.